Welcome to another episode of The Glow Show. My name is Pastor Sarah Stadler. I've served Grace Lutheran Church in downtown Phoenix for the past 10 years. During fall 2021, we are exploring the theme Theological ABCs. And today, we are lifting up letter R for reconciliation. And I have with me Pastor Rick Sherrill, who serves Prince of Peace Lutheran Church in Phoenix. He is going to help break down and build up and think about this term reconciliation. Welcome, Pastor Rick. Hi, Sarah. So first of all, reconciliation is one of those words that is not talked about very much, I feel like, within our tradition at least. So could you define reconciliation? From a dictionary definition, to reconcile is to establish a or reestablish a close relationship between two entities or two people. Uh, to or to settle or resolve. And I think those definitions actually work really well from uh, not just a dictionary definition, but a, a theological definition. Uh, it is the action to put what is broken in relationships back together, mm. whether that relationship is between God and, and humanity or uh, or two people walking down the street. I appreciate you lifting up that reconciliation happens both between God and humanity, as well as two people walking down the street. Um, do you want to share more about what reconciliation is between God and humanity? Because I that's probably pretty different than between two people. I think so. I, I look at reconciliation as a two-way street, always, that even with our Lutheran theological lens of God reaching out to us, to humanity, to creation, really, uh, and doing everything necessary to bring us back uh, into right relationship. There is still a two-way street in, in this idea of, of reconciliation. God sets the foundation for salvation in our, in our tradition. That's, that's settled. Mm -hmm. God loves us. There's really nothing we can do to change that one way or the other. Yes. It, uh, but reconciliation does involve action on both of our parts. God reaching out to us, giving gentle nudges, sometimes two by fours over the head to, uh, to say, come back. Let's, let's be in relationship and us proverbially turning and, 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 and walking in that direction toward God. Now, there's a lot of ways I think that can happen. It can happen in, in, uh, it can happen in prayer. It can happen in, in, uh, in changing our lives. Uh, where I think the two are, are connected is I, th I believe that when we enter a process or, or decide we are going to ha reconcile with someone else, uh, another uh, fellow human being, that that's also helping us to reconcile to God. Hmm. There, there's a connection there always. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, another small step forward in our relationship with God because we're following really what Jesus has set for us, this road, uh, and we're putting feet on that road and putting hmm. one foot in front of the other, moving forward uh, with each other. It, it, it helps in both of those yeah. uh, horizontal and vertical relationships. Yeah. So, um, but I do believe that God does everything to reach us, and that when we're reconciling to God, it's not a one-time thing. Mm. It's an it's a daily, hourly 
thing mm -hmm. uh, that uh, we're uh, in 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 relationship, and that's really what it's about. I think yeah. when you think about it through relationship terms instead of transactional terms, yes, it it, it starts to become more clear and less clear at the same time, just yeah. like any relationship. Yeah. That is really helpful, the distinction between transactional and relational. Um, I think that sometimes we as Christians get stuck in a trans transactional model, even of salvation, reconciliation, justification, like, okay, so God does this, we get this, you know, good, that's the good news. It's like, well, there is a relationship. And I love how reconciliation kind of draws us into that relationship. There is a little push and pull with reconciliation. And I love how you highlighted when we reconcile with another person, that in some ways reveals our reconciliation with God. And I think enhances it. Yeah. It takes us another step forward. I, I'm, I'm a very visual thinker. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, I think of this in all kinds of different ways. But the one way that's, that's, uh, that's in my head right now is it's links in a chain, a very, very long chain. Hmm. And when we have a reconciliation moment with someone uh, in, in our lives, it can be big stuff, small stuff. When we have that moment, it's another link in the chain in that, uh, in that relationship. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it's you know, really the first link in the chain in the relationship in some cases. Yeah. But it's also a, a parallel chain. That's another uh, link in the chain that mm. connects us to God, that relationship with God. Yes. Um, it, 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 it's like two links being added at the same time, a two for one, if you will. <laughs> there you go. Why do we need to be reconciled? I think reconciliation with God and reconciliation with our our fellow uh, human beings on the planet. Uh, first of all, it's all about relationship. We've, we've already talked about that. But it's also about making sure we don't destroy everything. Mm. Um, and I look around right now and think, I'm not a doomsday prognosticator. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't uh, spend a whole lot of mental energy there, but we are definitely hitting a tipping point of mm. with in our cultures that reconciliation can bring us back from the brink. Yeah. And I think in, in, and it starts one relationship at a time, one link in that chain at a time. It, uh, and it, it affects everything. When you think about uh, climate change, yeah. racism, uh, the political divides, yeah. social divides, all kinds of, uh, all kinds of divides that those links in the chain begin to matter. One, mm. one may seem insignificant from a, from a larger viewpoint, but you start putting those together and it becomes something amazing, potentially unbreakable yeah. that can really bring us back to the brink of, I think, where we find ourselves, where we're, we're really unsure how to be, how to be human beings in community at this point, I would say. Yes. But Rick, that's so hopeful. Oh, well. <laughs> I mean, it's hopeful because um, I do wonder personally, how do we walk ourselves back off from this brink? How, how do we get ourselves off the edge of complete division in our culture and also walk ourselves from the edge of 
um, the most devastating effects of climate change. Obviously, we are already experiencing some of the effects of climate change, but that reconciliation might be one of the ways that we move ourselves off the edge. That's very hopeful because we can do relationships, right? Like we can be humans with one another. I I, I absolutely believe we can. <laughs> <laughs> you don't sound so sure. That. No, I'm, I absolutely believe that we can, okay. despite all the evidence that, that we see uh, on a daily basis right now. Uh, it uh, When I think about reconciliation I, I i think about it in those larger terms mm -hmm. and then i think about it in the in 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 much smaller terms anybody who's who has a relationship whether it's a a, a family relationship a friend relationship a a church relationship a business there there are just going to be times when you hit a speed bump or a literal i don't know a figurative mountain mm -hmm. um where the relationship is going to be strained or broken yeah. and i feel like i grew up with the skills to deal with that mm -hmm. in those kind of daily everyday situations and and grew to learn how to do the larger stuff i really think we've lost a lot of that in mm -hmm. the in the political divisions in our culture especially um you know I think about people who can't listen anymore and that that really comes down to can we actually see humanity in each other can we see the spark of god in each other and that's the first step of reconciliation is mm -hmm. before we get to i'm sorry i did this you did this you know and, and talking through whatever the specifics are yeah it's it's regaining that ability to see the divine spark in each other mm -hmm. um i'm now i'm fascinated and would love to hear more about what you see as the discrete tasks of reconciliation you you lifted up seeing the divine spark in the person with whom you need to reconcile and listening are there other particular tasks involved in reconciliation of course it's diff I, I think it's different in every situation and but we do have a toolbox hmm. or, or or maybe in this case a tool belt okay um active listening definitely uh recognizing the divine spark in each other definitely Really, this is when I described the two-way street earlier, this is where the energy comes from. I believe the energy to reconcile with each other comes from God. Mm. God's reconciling with us, us being in relationship enough that we, we allow, we allow that energy. Mm -hmm. I really think of it as positive energy, world changing energy yeah. to come to us and empower us to do it. So, Part of it is spending a little bit of time with God mm -hmm. every day or a lot of time, depending on how all that works for each individual. So there's that. I do believe that there is another tool in the in the tool belt is is proximity hmm. that um, and of course, proximity means something completely different now with FaceTime yeah. and Zoom and all the tools we have. We can reach across the world no problem yeah uh and yet i think of it almost as proximity of mind mm. keeping someone in mind mm. because it's so easy for us to say okay i've had this argument mm. the the easiest path of re least resistance moving forward is either to forget about the argument and let it fester mm -hmm. in the corner until it comes back in a much bigger probably more violent form yes or 
just ditch the person altogether and just move forward. Yeah. And then in your you look in the rear view mirror and you realize, oh, look at all these friends and family. They're lost. Yeah. No, they're not lost forever, but they're, you know, there's there's been breaks or, you know, yeah. links taken out of the chain. And keeping people in mind, mm. even if you can't see them every day, mm-hmm. when you're going through uh, a reconciliation moment is 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 critical, I think. Yeah. And it takes some work. Mm-hmm. I use, I'm a list person. I use lists. Mm-hmm. So I have, a, I have, you know, I, of course I have lists that are, I don't care if anyone sees. I also have some lists that I keep that are, are names, prayer lists. And, uh, and I think when Jesus said, pray for your enemies, well, it's not necessarily pray, praying, you know, for the terrorists across the world Yeah. as, as much as it is praying for the people you're in, mm. you're in conflict with. Yeah. Uh, and you may not even see them as enemies, but that, that yeah. word and, and keeping those, I look at those lists and I think, okay, mm. what can I do today? And that proximity of mine helps yeah. to, to keep it. And I'd be lying if I said all the time, every person on that list comes off that list. Some of that stuff just stays. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't relinquish uh, the the power of a prayer, every a consistent prayer over that, consistent yeah. mindfulness. I really love that. And I love how you've developed a discipline that works for you in really trying to reconcile with people with whom you've had conflict or something has happened, something has gone wrong, that you are disciplined enough to not just let that go, that relationship go, and you're also not avoiding the conflict. You are praying for that person. And when you were talking at first about proximity, I was thinking about how sometimes if I'm having conflict with someone, I will just avoid the places I know that person is going to be. Exactly. Because <laughs> I don't want to see them. And actually, it is seeing the person and seeing that that person is just human, just like I am. In whatever venue I see them, that that reminds me that they're struggling just like I am. And if that place happens to be church or work or school or what have you, like, the more I'm with that person, the more opportunity I have to see that they too are struggling. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. I was thinking uh, that the other part of this, you know, another tool in the tool belt is the ability, skill, if you will, to accept disappointment. Mm. That there are times, if, mm. if reconciliation is a two-way street and the other, and, and, I got the name on the list. I'm I'm in proximity. I'm doing prayer. I'm ready to go. The other person could absolutely say no. They have that ability, you know, and that happens. Either the timing is wrong or the timing's never going to be right. Whatever it is, and sometimes they're dealing with that disappointment. Mm-hmm. One way we deal with it is we double our efforts and redouble and 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 keep going. And there's a point at which we have to say, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to respect the fact that you don't want to be in a relationship anymore yeah. and be okay with that. And that may be the hardest piece. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a tool, but it's, it's, it's more of a, a I haven't mastered this yet. Mm-hmm. I still carry around with me relationships. I wish I could have put back together and was unable to. Yeah. That's really profound. 
What scripture passage most vividly speaks to you about reconciliation? There's so many. Of course, I think of, I, of course, I think of, of Luke 15, the triple text of lost coin, lost sheep, lost son. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet, and there's so much going on there that's, that's beautiful and wonderful. And, and I, I really do think of that moment when the prodigal son is in the pig pen, mm-hmm. you know, literally in the mud yeah. and decides I'm going to take those first few steps home, not knowing what reception he's, he will receive. Yeah. Um, uh, that's really a picture of reconciliation that sometimes it's just a force of will. I'm going to do this. I'm scared. Mm-hmm. I'm, I have no words. Yeah. I can practice the speech in my head, but I know it's not going to come out right when I get there. Yeah. And it's just that, that that force of will to get up and go. Yeah. But the one I was really thinking of is in Matthew 5, when Jesus is talking about how we worship, how we are in relationship with God. Hmm. And it says uh, in, in verse 24, leave your gift there before the altar and go first be reconciled to your brother and sister. Hmm. And it got me thinking about church and and really then even beyond church, the idea that we're so task-based now Mm -hmm. that a lot of times relationships are left until the end, the end of our day, the end of our energy. Uh When really this points us in a new direction, fix the relationships first before you enter into whatever work you're going to engage in. And not just the work of the church. I think, I think it's, this can be a more universal concept of the relationships are the more important thing than the productivity. Well, that that transforms all kinds of things for me in terms of how I I think of this, how how I even prioritize my days. Sure. Because so many times I'll leave the the hard phone calls to the end. Yes. Let's get through the fun stuff first. And I know I've read M. Scott Peck and The Road Less Try. I I get the whole concept of do your (laughs) do the hard stuff first. Sure. And still, I don't. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, I'll leave those phone calls to the end of the day, and then you know, oh, or past five o'clock, I'll, I guess I'll leave them till the next day, and then I'll mm-hmm. leave them till the next day, and I'll get into these cycles. Mm-hmm. And the the times when I'm able to come in and say, "I'm going to get this done first, mm-hmm. are the best days. Yes, absolutely, the best days. Mm-hmm. Even, no matter how the conversations go, yeah. you know, if it's a full reconciliation or just if we're start, we're putting some. Uh, steps in place toward it they're the best days and i i believe that this this really yeah this really captures my attention now of okay how do we do this it's kind of like our worship uh pattern at least in the lutheran church get mm-hmm. the confession done first get mm-hmm. things right with god first then mm-hmm. go into worship yeah and I, I, di- I didn't really put that together before that okay that's mm-hmm. that's a universal principle that's so interesting uh when we're on one side of reconciliation before we've made the move, before we've reached out to the person to reconcile the relationship, it feels often so difficult. And and I'm not for me, I'm just, I'll just speak for myself, that sometimes it doesn't seem worth it because it, I just dread it sometimes, depending on the person. But on the other side, when I do make the phone call, like you said, when I do reach out to the person, then it frees me, even if it's not a full reconciliation, 
at least having that conversation, like mending the relationship in whatever way I can, it, it really does release me from something. I'm not even sure what it is. Interesting. No, I, I, I think the same way. It's like a jolt of energy mm-hmm. of that positive energy that we're trying. I, I think we're trying to give to the world on a consistent basis. Mm. No, I know that that's what we're doing. I think we're actually successful at it mm-hmm. some of the time, mm-hmm. but that energy feeds all of it. Yeah. The reconciling energy feeds it. And I feel like I can go farther. Yeah. I can do more. Uh, for for people is it just grace like like grace for ourselves and grace for the other person showing grace absolutely it it's uh it's saying the relationship is more important than whatever Mm. words came before yes whatever harsh words harsh actions you know this isn't going to work in every situation Mm. uh, obviously sure um there are some relationships that in my opinion, at least, need to be broken. Mm, yeah. Toxic or toxic enough, you know, there still can be a reconciliation there, but it's not a reconciliation back to whatever it was before, whatever right. you dream it could be. Right. Uh, but I think in so many, so many situations, the other person is so happy about that phone call. Yeah. Or so happy about that contact. Mm. In a lot of cases, they've been waiting wondering how to do it themselves yeah and that energy really can just fuel us yeah oh pastor rick thank you so much for sharing i really appreciate your time and insight and now i'm really excited about reconciliation i think i need to go uh, make a list (laughs) of all the people i need to reconcile with uh me too i need to go look at mine again no i was thinking where this really where this really came to uh fruition for me the mm. first big time uh i I have this image in my head of a phone booth or not a phone booth a payphone and mm. and I know there are people now who can remember what payphones look like um <laughs> and some that can't the um it was at a at a Lutheran camp in Felton California, Mount Cross, and I was nineteen I had been my parents had got divorced six years earlier, and I was in conflict with my father that whole time. I had some, I said some horrible things and heard some horrible things, and we were just not okay. And I got to the camp to train to be a counselor that summer, and I heard a Lutheran pastor speak about forgiveness and the energy that forgiveness can give you. And I thought, mm-hmm. I want to, I want to, I want to get that, and I. I knew that this was the number one relationship in my life, that it was off the rails. Mm -hmm. And and at that time, I stood and stared at that payphone for about 30 minutes before I got the courage to pick it up and put coins in and call my dad. And I said, Dad, he answered kind of warily, like Mm -hmm. all of our conversations have been to that point. And Mm -hmm. he says, what's up? And I said, I forgive you. Mm -hmm. That's how I led the conversation. and. I'll never forget this, this exhalate, uh, this release of breath on the phone that seemed to last 10 seconds, just a release of breath, and then a breath in, and then the words, thank God, from him. Mm -hmm. 
And I think about that moment that so often in reconciliation, what we're doing is we're, we're releasing so much of the toxic stuff that we mm. hold mm. and that we hold over other people. And when it's released, what comes in is a hundred times better. Yeah. So much more life-giving, so many more possibilities. And that propelled that relationship for the next 30 years. I look at that moment mm. and think that, 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 Movement of breath mm. propelled that relationship forward. Never perfect, always starts and stops, but we'd gotten over the big one. And I keep going back. I, every time I see a payphone, I can't help mm. but think of my dad, even though it's it, they're few and far between you yeah, know, in our course. world now. But yeah. That's so neat. Wow. Well, again, thank you for sharing. And I think we'll all leave this space of listening, thinking about the payphones and the ways that we can reach out to those with whom we are called by God to reconcile and by the grace of God, Ken. Absolutely. Thank you for this opportunity.